Guys, let's all bow our heads and go to the Lord's Prayer. Lord, we come to you in Jesus' name, and we ask you humbly for a blessing tonight, Lord, as we read your word. We ask that people leave different than when they came. Amen. 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 I want to I want to tell you guys about this. This is a pretty pretty good story here. They um the other the other day, man, listen to this. This is something that happened at work. I want to tell you about it because I want you to learn from it. We had a customer come in with a flood call. We don't ever see flood cars, ever. We never see them because they normally tow away before they get to my shop. Well, that's not a, a, a flood car. Well, I don't think the insurance company believed that it was an actual flood car. I think they thought maybe somebody had actually put water in this car trying to get a total so they would have to pay a payment on it. Well, anyway, regardless of the reason, this car got to my shop. I guess because nobody else would mess with it. So we took it. We tried to explain to the customer that we don't normally do it with flood cars, that the car really needs to go to the dealership. There was nothing wrong with the outside bodywork. It was a flood car. Really didn't understand it. So she was not happy with what we did. She wanted the car to total. And we don't determine if a car totals. We only fix them. The insurance company would approve or disapprove. It, it's, it's up to them. Well, the customer was not happy that it didn't total, so she wrote us a really ugly review, a really ugly one. And there was, I mean, me and Rachel and my sister talked about it, and there was nothing we could have done to explain the situation more clearly that it was just simply not our fault. I, I understand it's our fault, we take responsibility for it, but this one wasn't us. So anyways, the first thing I thought about was that I was mad. Golly, I was mad. Because I put my prayers and sweat and tears into that place and I put my heart and soul into it. And I, I want people to have a good job when they get done with their cars. And uh, to have that on our records was just aggravating because it wasn't a true reflection of who we are. Well, I prayed about it and I asked the Lord, Lord, please help me with this thing. Help me with this situation. I don't know how in the world you can fix this, but I'd appreciate it if you could help me with it. And last night as I was, I take that kind of stuff very, very, very hard because it's so personal to me my shop is. It hits me really hard. So last night I was thinking about it and instead of using, and I had thought about it after I had thought about it for a little while and I prayed about it and stuff, I got thinking you know I have prayed to the Lord longer about this situation than I have prayed to the Lord in a couple of days now. You see what I'm saying? And I feel like maybe the Lord put on my heart that this was kind of like a speed bump. Now, when you get to a speed bump, I don't like speed bumps, by the way. They aggravate. But when you get to one, what do you have to do when you do a speed bump? Slow down. You slow down. <laughs> I give my business card later. You know. <laughs> but when you get to a speed bump, you slow down. Why do you slow down when you do a speed bump? Because you hit that something too hard, you're going to get a bump. You know? <laughs> they won't knock it to go have a bump on it. But normally, speed bumps are placed in, in strategic positions to where there's people going to be walking by. You see what I'm saying? So they put up a speed bump. So when you see that speed bump, you're going to slow down. And you're going to start to pay attention a little bit more than if, you, if there was no speed bump there. And I thought about it last night, about how this situation kind of looked like a spiritual speed bump. This wasn't the end of me. It wasn't the end of Capital City Auto Body. It wasn't, it wasn't the end. But this bump made me slow down and look at my surroundings and find God. You see what I'm saying? And say, Lord, I need you in this situation. And I'm going to tell you, 
even though I don't like speed bumps, nobody, I don't believe, enjoys going over a speed bump. Nobody enjoys that. But they're necessary in our lives. Do you see what I'm saying? To slow down and to see where you're at for a second and to find God. That took all of my worries away last night. And I feel like it did exactly what it was designed to do from the Lord. I believe that was from the Lord. Because it was, I know it was from the Lord because it was completely out of my control. I had, I had done nothing to get in that position. So I feel like that was the Lord that had put me there. But this morning, Renee, my boss, my mom, she called the customer and explained it wasn't our, us that determines if a car totals or not. It's the insurance company. that she has any issues, she needs to go to their insurance company. That all we do is just give them information. That's it. And the customer changes their bad review to a five-star review and, and fix the problem. But the moral of the story is, is that the Lord is with you in those times. But I remember back when I was a young Christian when that speed bump would have caused my faith to just fall apart. You see what I'm saying? So I've learned and I've, I feel like I've matured a little bit. Now when I get to a speed bump, even though it's not comfortable, I know what to do once I get there. And um, anyway, that is something I got to thinking about yesterday. I feel like I'm very thankful that the Lord helped me with that situation. So let's move on along. First Timothy chapter 4. Yep, we're still in Timothy. First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. And I hope you guys are enjoying it as much as I have. And uh, I, I have really enjoyed reading in First Timothy chapter 4. And I'm going to tell you guys, as we read, there's some nuggets in here. Y'all just... There's some good things in here that Paul says that you might want to chew on for a little while. We're going to reread the NLT. Feel free to read it in King James Book 2. But the NLT is just a little bit easier to, to understand. It says, Now the Holy Spirit tells us. I want to stop right there for a second, right there. The Holy Spirit tells us. Now I believe from what I have read and from what I've understood that at one time the Holy Spirit couldn't tell us unless there was a mediator, unless we had a priest. The, media, the Holy Spirit could only will with us just for a few seconds, and that were a few minutes or whatever, and that was it. But now, there is no more, that Jesus is our mediator, and the Holy Spirit is allowed to talk directly with us. We can have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And he tells us, how does he tell us, church? What does it say? How does he tell us? Clearly. Clearly. I love that. There's no, maybe, there's no gray area, there's no uh, there's no confusion. It's clearly, I love that word clearly, that in the last times, some will turn away from the true faith. Now, I want to ask you a question. This is exactly what I was asking myself. What makes Christians turn away? What makes Christians turn away? Does anybody have anything they'd like to, like to throw in here? Yes, sir, Bob. Kind of like you said, uh, immature. Yeah. Maybe yeah. not, uh, you know, grounded, Simon, you know. Being stubborn. Yeah. Stubborn, you yeah. know. Not lean not on God daily. The most tempted I have ever been to turn away from God, which I would never, I, I pray that I, the Lord will keep me in my house, keep my path straight. But the most tempted I've ever been to walk away from the Lord, even as a born Christian, is from an unanswered prayer that hurt and it just stinged and it burned. And it's almost like the devil is just sitting there laughing at you and just saying, told just so. You know. Everybody ever been there before? Anybody know where I'm at there? 
hurts. Taking some of the places that I've been there. Travis, deceptive spirits. Yeah. And King Dan, if you look over there, says seducing spirits. Uh, they learn us. They study us. And they know what triggers our emotions. They know what makes us happy, what makes us sad, what makes us glad, what makes us mad. And what they do, the Bible says that, that God is not the author of confusion. And, and what we must understand that any time that we are studying the Word of God or that we are in a church service and we're beginning to be confused, God is not in that. That's not God. God. The Bible clearly says that God is not the author of confusion. So what we must understand, and this is why I preach so hard at our church, uh, for people to develop a relationship with the Word, with the Word every day. Because these seducing spirits, or deceptive spirits, will very easily lead you astray. You'll be out in left field. And, and the Bible says there is a way. There is a way that seemeth right. There is a way. So in these last days, I, I, I don't know if you know it or not, but we've got every wind of doctrine now. I mean, you, you can... Uh, there's so many out there. And today, the people are just totally confused. They don't have a clue what way to go. Uh, <coughs> the fact is, uh, if you give your heart to Jesus, you truly give your heart to Him, and you ask Him every day for guidance, uh, you know, there's sometimes I have to tell the Lord, Lord, I yeah, I understand what you tell me, but I really don't like it. Well, on a maturity level of Christianity, it don't make no difference whether we like it or not. If the Word says it, we're to take it or to accept it. Amen. Travis called me not too long ago, and he was just he was just coming unglued on me, and he said, "Steve, I, he said the things that I got to teach tonight." He said, "I know they ain't gonna like it." And I said, hold Stop right there. I'm not at hands of hope to get them to like us. I'm not there to get them to pat us on the back. I'm there to give them the unadulterated work. I'm there to give them meat. Not sugar. Amen. We're here to give meat that we can grow spiritually. I told him, and I meant it from my heart. I said, even if I don't like it, and you see me pucker up, uh, give a, a one eyebrow higher than the other, you keep bringing the word. The word is more important than my opinion, your opinion, your emotions. Uh, excuse my French, but I told him, I said, they don't like it. They scratch your butts and get glad. Amen. We ain't changing the word of God for nobody. Paul plainly says these are coming. So why do we stand there and go, 
Well, I can't believe that just happened. I can't believe that. They just said that in church. Why can't you believe it? The word says they're going to be here. The deceptive spirits, the seducing spirits, they're coming. They're coming. So why not know that man that they're coming? If you think that in these last days, in these perilous times, that Satan is going to allow us to come in these church houses, worship God in the truth and the spirit, and enjoy it freely and enjoy it uh, without any uphill climb, you're sadly mistaken. You're believing a lie. Because for this true gospel that we're believing today and we're standing on, the world ain't going to lie. And Jesus already told us that. He already told us that. So don't take it as a surprise. So some of the, the worst false doctrines I've ever heard are some that have got 90% truth and 10% lie. You see what I'm saying? Those are, the, those are the worst. That's why it's so important for us Christians. We're actually going to see this a little bit later. I'll, I'll come back. I'll tell us about it again. But the, he actually, Paul tells Timothy a little bit later in our thing to stay in the Bible. And uh, that's how we figure out what's deceptive spirits and what are the Holy Spirit, that we see the difference there. So I want to tell you, so we'll turn away from the true faith. What is the true faith? Jesus Christ, exactly. That's from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. So I want to show you. I want to tell you about this. So I got 15 cows, which it ain't a whole lot, but it's a lot to me. And I don't have to get them all to follow me. I just have to get one, and I know which one she is. And she's one of my good cows. She's so good. That when my brother has to move his cows, he wants me to bring her over there so he can move his cows with mine. He, I mean, it's just he's that good at a leader, and she'll follow you right behind. But she was what you'd call the matriarch. So he, so the other cows will actually follow her blindly. They'll just follow with her anywhere. I've actually loaded her on a sale trailer to get other cows on the sale trailer, took her to the sale, and brought her back home because <laughs> she was that good of a cow, you know, to lead cows onto the trailer. So I had to take her with me because as soon as she came off, the other ones would come off. So anyway, long, long story short, they follow, and he's, and obviously it's just, just a dumb cow. You know, it doesn't know where it's going or whatever. But the the cow, the cows follow blindly. They just follow right behind another blindly. And that's not how we're supposed to be as Christians. We're not supposed to just blindly walk right behind another person because the Bible says that if a blind man leaves a blind man they'll end up in the ditch. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. These people are hypocrites and liars and their consciences are dead. They will say it is wrong to be married. That time sounds like now, don't it? Sure it does. That time sounds, what in the world is happening outside right now? If you get married, you're a dummy is what people say these days. That's what, it, that's what they say. They will say it's wrong to be married and it is wrong to eat certain foods. Now, now, you, now, please don't hate me when I say this, but I got to because I feel like I want to teach this lesson. I'm like, it's wrong to eat certain foods. What are you talking about? Well, I heard a commercial the other day, and I don't want to get off on a rabbit trail about this. I'm just giving you an example of this right here happening. I heard a commercial about being a vegan. 
Now, if you want to be a vegan and you love the Lord, that's fine. That's not a problem. That's okay. I don't mind that. But the problem, the thing is, is that people out there today are telling you it's wrong to eat certain foods. It's not right. You shouldn't do it. So, so I'm, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to show you where we're at in this world today. I'm not trying to throw up on vegans. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just saying that this stuff is not out there. It's already here. But God created those foods to be eaten with thanks by faithful people who know the truth. Since everything God created is good, we should not reject any of it, but receive it with thanks. For we know it is, I'm sorry, we know it is made acceptable by the word of God in prayer. If you explain these things to the brothers and sisters, Timothy, you will be a worthy servant of Christ Jesus, one who is nourished by the message of faith and the good teaching you have followed. Let's say right here for a second. If you, if you explain these things. So what, what he's saying is, is Timothy, I'm not going to be here much longer. I need you to step up, be a faithful servant of the Lord, and teach people the right way to be on. He said, you will be a worthy servant of Christ Jesus. We're going to number seven. And what he's asking him to do, like Travis Young, is to go against religion. Golly, God. Religion back then taught very strongly you could not eat a pig. You could not eat these things. If you did, you was unclean. And Peter, we know that when the Lord let down the sheep by the four corners, and he kept showing Peter to eat, he'd slay and eat. And Peter said, not so, Lord. I, I, I won't do it. I cannot do that. I have never eaten anything that's unclean. I ain't going to do it now. I'm not going to do it. Listen to what the Lord said to him. He said, Peter, while I have called clean, don't you call unclean. So what I'm trying to tell you, what Paul was telling Timothy here, this ain't going to be easy to try to convince these people that they're no longer under the law, but they're under grace now. Amen. Hey, let me tell you something. We say but there's a lot of us still got a dab of religion in us. I have to fight it all the time, Bob. All the time, I hate it. I hate it. And I still, it tries to get into me. It tries to help me or cause me to be self-righteous. It causes you, whether you want it to or not, this will come start trying to get in you. Uh, listen, I don't have no problem with beer. I never did like the smell of it. I don't have no problem with whiskey. I never did like the taste of it. I don't have no problem with marijuana. Uh, I tried it. Wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. But what I got a problem with, what I got a problem with, is self-righteousness. It tries to build in there on. And I say, you will not take hold of that. I will jerk you out by roots. You will not look down on another brother because you don't see it the way you do. See, and, and that's what Paul is trying to tell Timothy here. That this ain't gonna be easy, Timothy. It ain't gonna be easy. In fact, they're going to knock, they're going to be rocking you. They're going to throw rocks at you. And they're not going to welcome you in the synagogue. You're not going to come in with a pat on the shoulder and a hole. We're just glad to see you, Timothy. But every time the Timothy comes to the door, they're just like, oh, boy. Here we go Here comes that Paul assistant. Here comes the one who likes to be like Paul. And I don't know why you don't know what Paul got. He's going to get if he keeps trying to teach you. 
It wasn't no easy task. But, but this is what, read, back up and read that one verse again. Go back, we'll go back up to, which one was the one over here? If you explain these things to the brothers and sisters Timothy, you will be a worthy servant of Christ Jesus. Meaning, you know, to us today, well, what was so hard about that? <laughs> it cost him his life. That's how hard it was. It cost him Timothy his life. Paul, let's, this, what was Paul about? This was the last letter he was writing before he was about to die to Timothy, wasn't it? This one? Uh, I didn't know that, Jason. Yeah. He was, Let, let's back it up, Teresa. When I read this the first time, guys, I feel like the Lord was leading me into a different route. I didn't want to teach this, honestly, but I feel like with what Steve just said, we'll go here for a second. It says, in, look that back up, I'm sorry, just another second. Now, eating certain foods in our day and walk with the Lord and for being Christians, we don't have a problem normally with eating foods in our church. I mean, it's just food fits on the table, we eat it. I mean, we don't have a problem with that. I mean, well, I mean you, know, we, you know, we got, you know, we don't have any problem with food. That's all I'm trying to get with you. You're scared. Uh if your wife picks that put it on the table, you're scared not to eat. I mean, I, just, I, eat it. I mean, I don't ask, you know, I just eat it. You know, I, to me, all food is good. So I want to show you what I believe the Lord laid on my heart about this lesson. I want to, and I hope and I pray to the Lord that He can, He can bring it forth through me. So let's. I'm not trying to be confusing here, but let's take out certain foods and let's put in Christians. Okay. So for example. So let's not look at this as clean or unclean food. Let's look at this as clean and unclean Christians. So what he's saying here is, is since everything God created is good, we should not reject any of it, but receive it with thanks. So, so don't think about food here for a second. Think about this as Christians coming in the hands of hope tonight, in the grace right. ministry. That's right. So let's look at this spiritually for a second. We think, oh, no. Oh, no, that guy, I know that guy. I know that guy. Let me tell you how it worked in reverse one time. So I've been teaching here for a few times, you know, a few years now on Thursday nights. I had a guy come in one night that knew me, and he knew me, me, the old me. He knew exactly who I was. He had saw me get drunk and got the fool. He saw that. He saw that. And when he came in, I just, I didn't know what to say because this man knew who I used to be. He knew, he knew who I was. It was no fool of him. He was a witness of who I used to be. So for him, it would have been very, very easy for him to reject me. It would have been very easy for him to cast me to the side and say, I ain't listening to Travis. Don't, he, he don't know what he's talking about. It would have been very, very easy for him to do that. But he sat down and he listened. And he, I believe, saw a change in my life, which is exactly what the Lord has done this entire time. But instead of us tonight worrying about this, worrying about food, which is this is what they were doing in his day, in our day, let's not call anything that the Lord has called clean, unclean, as far as our fellow brother and our fellow sister. If the blood is applied to their heart, they're just as saved as you are. You see what I'm saying? No matter how their past looked, no matter how the decisions they've made or whatever the case is, they're just as saved as you are. Their name is written in the same ink as your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life. They don't matter because even if today they fail. Exactly. They fail down today. They backslid today. It don't make no difference. Yeah. Yeah. Makes no difference. Yeah. We ought to love 
Care for them, yeah. Put your arm around them. Because because how would you feel if you slipped today? You simply say, how would you feel about that? So anyways, but receive it with things. For we know it is made acceptable by the word of God and prayer. Now, I want to show you this right here, number six, for a second. If. I want to show you that. If. If. So Paul knew when he was writing this letter, when he wrote the word if, Paul knew that Timothy was going to be challenged on every side. He knew he was going to, he knew this wasn't going to be easy. And he knew it was going to be easy and Timothy was going to be loved and people were going to just throw money at Timothy. He would have said, when? when. Exactly. Exactly. When you explain these things. But but Paul knew how hard it was going to be to walk a right walk before the Lord. And he said, if, if you explain these things. Because there was going to come times in Timothy's walk when explaining these things was going to cause him a beating. You see what I'm saying? That was, if he taught these things, it's going to not end real well. You probably will spend some time in prison teaching this kind of stuff. You will be worth, you will be a worthy servant of Christ Jesus. One who is nourished. I and I'm a, oh man, let me tell you about that. So in the world's view of Timothy, if you went back in Timothy's day, everybody is probably sitting around in this town thinking, Timothy is a nut. He's a nutcase. He's, I mean, he's just, this guy has lost his marbles. You see what I'm saying? He, he's, he's talking about the end times. He's talking about end times. What are you talking about? But he said, that's going to be a worthy servant of Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you this, and I love this quote here, or this little saying. A lot of men you see that are very respectable and high and mighty men are sometimes very low, low and don't, don't really are not very strong Christians, you see what I'm saying? But sometimes who we see on the outside might be just a, a crazy person, whatever it might be, might be big and mighty with the Lord. You see what I'm saying? So just don't judge anyone from the outside. Number seven, I like this one. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wise tales. Instead, oh, I love this part right here. Train who? Who does he want him to train? Himself. Train yourself to be godly. Train yourself. I think about a runner who's getting ready for a race. He's getting ready, getting ready. He's having to train. He doesn't enjoy training, but he knows that if he trains, he might be able to run, run and win that race. But train yourself. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Number 10. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle. For our hope is in the living God, who is the Savior of all people. Particularly, oh, I like that all people right there. I like that. That's everybody. That's what we were just talking about. He's the Savior for all people, and particularly of all believers. Teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. Now, hey, let's let's look at this right here for a second. Teach these things. Not don't 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 teach what you want to teach on Timothy. Don't teach on what I want you to teach on. Don't teach on what your highest tithing member wants you to teach on. Teach on these things and insist that everyone learn them. Don't let anyone think of think less of you. Because you are young. 
be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, and in your love, your faith, and your purity. i got to read that right there again. Don't let anyone think of you less because you are young. Listen, this is what we should apply to our lives every single day as a Christian. But be an example. Be an example. Do anybody know what Christians means, being a Christian means? It means being Christ-like. Being an example of what Jesus Christ does. Uh, look, you remember that bracelet that said, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Be an example. You see what I'm saying? Be an example. Be an example to all believers in what you say. He's not in the way you talk. Talk like Jesus. Don't go out here and start telling nasty jokes and, and cussing on all this kind of stuff and running a man down and, and hating your neighbor. But be an example in the way you talk. Be an example of the way you live. In the way you live as a Christian. Be an example. Don't cheat people on their, on their money. Don't cheat anybody. Don't cheat your employees. Don't cheat your employer. Don't cheat anybody. In the way you live, be an example. Yeah, Travis, I have a good example. So a couple weeks ago, I was with a girl I had never close with. She, never, she doesn't really know me. I don't really know her. I mean, I know her, but that's it. So somebody left their trash on the table in the office. So I said, well, I'm going to go away. You know, I was telling the lady I was going to go to her away. And she didn't know me. Young girl. She said, You're doing what Jesus would do. And I looked up and I'm like, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it kind of caught me off guard because I showed her, she wasn't going to throw her away. But I showed her, I said, I'm, Well, I'm, I'm going to throw this trash away. I'm not going to leave it here. Anybody can make a mistake and leave the trash by accident. Not on purpose, you know. And it was just funny that I taught her, I mean, she didn't even know me. So it kind of caught me off guard. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, and maybe I did teach her something. You know, I don't think. I'm just throwing away some extra trash. Don't want mine. I'm going to tell you. And it's just funny how it happened that way. Because I'm like, wow, I never know nobody to say that. Being an example of the way you live, I want to tell you about this. And this is this is something I, I really enjoy hearing when a Christian is actually a Christian. Listen to this, Steve. You remember, remember Josh from over there, that revival? Remember Josh, that young man? You know what I'm talking about? So there was a young man who was over, he was doing a revival at Cody's church, uh, New Beginnings. And me and Steve went over and listened to him. And this guy, whenever, so one day he taught Sunday morning, but he lives in Fuquay. So instead of him going all the way back home and then all the way back that Sunday night, he went to Cody's house. Cody said, you come to my house. He's like, I got, a, I got a room, I got a desk, a chair, a bed. He said, I got a room, you can go in it. Nobody's going to bother you. You know, just go in there and just, just, you know, do what you want to do and just relax or have a good afternoon or whatever. So the man got to Cody's house. He goes in that room and doesn't come back out until it's time to go to revival. That's a long time. That's a long time. Now, now Cody said he took a little nap. He told him that he took a little nap. But the man was a huge example to me because he didn't go over there to socialize. He didn't go over there to eat dinner and lay on the couch and watch football. He didn't go to do that. He went over there to seek the Lord for that message that night. 
And man, what an example that was to me of a Christian. I wouldn't have blamed him if he went over there and laid on the couch. I wouldn't have, I, I mean, that's, I mean, you could be a Christian to do that. But this man took it a step further and went in that room and didn't come back out until it was time to go. I'm going to tell you, it's just examples. Seeing examples. Trevor, someone will comment on that. Being an example to all believers in what you say and the way you live and your love and your faith and your purity. Paul said in Romans in the 14th chapter, verse 13, you know, so many people, I've heard this, and, and I've been guilty of even saying it myself, but I've learned to stop saying that because it's foolishness. But, you know, people say, I'm going to do it. I don't care what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what I want. I don't care what I'm going to do. Well, we need to care. Because Paul said, so let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. We do, and we are, our brother's people. We need to be careful how we live in front of someone that would cause them to fall from grace or fall from the ways of the Lord or fall uh, because of something that we have said or done or acted in their presence. We need to not be that way because that person's soul should be more important to us that we try to lead them the right way than to cause them to stumble and fall. Uh, Paul says, be careful, don't do that. Don't do that. And, and sometimes a young Christian who has a lot of confidence in us is watching us sometimes even when we don't think they're watching us. And they're listening to what we're saying even though we don't know they're listening. Amen. And not only a Christian, but I promise you that the sinner man has definitely got you under a magnifying glass watching everything you do say to see if what you claim you have is real. Is it real? Because he may be trying to decide whether or not he wants or does not want what you have. You know, it's one person is it's, it's kind of funny that sometimes we have little baby lambs and they're 50 years old, they ain't grown any. You know, they're not sheep, no. they haven't grown in the Lord. They say, well, I've been saved. And that's it, they still a baby lamb. And they don't, they think, well, I've been saved. I got it made. I got it made. And that's not God's will. God wants us to witness and tell people about Jesus. Invite them to come to church. I don't pressure nobody about when I witness to somebody. But I do invite them to come to church and tell them that we have a very spiritual church here. I said, yeah, that's the way it is. We have sheep, but we got some 50-year-old lambs running around the monsters. Being an example, this not ain't going too far in it, but just I've seen Hudson all the time. Man, if I do something, he does it. You know, and they, and with Kristen, 
Kristen, she, we look at each other all the time. When he says something or does something, I'll, I'll look at her and she'll look back at me and I know exactly what she's thinking. I know exactly where she got that from. You know, I know we'll just, whenever something like that happens, we'll look at each other and kind of like, you know, kind of nod at each other like, yeah, I wonder where he got that. But it's, but it's just being an example, uh, just be, living, an example, be living as an example. Coach, I heard a man give a testimony one time in Michigan. I was up there preaching. And uh, this man got up and gave this testimony, and I'll never forget it. He said, you know, my wife had left me and left me with my little girl. Uh, she left me for another man. and I was trying to work. I was trying to raise this little girl. And uh, he said, one evening, he said, she was just a handful. I just, I was wore out from work, and I was trying to run after her and chase her and get her down from bed, get her homework done. And he said, I was just trying to get her to lay down and go to sleep. He said, I just wore out. He said, so I finally got her into bed, got her asleep. He said, I thought to myself, boy, I'm going to go down here to the bar and get me a drink. He said, I really deserve it this evening. He said, I, I'm just, I, need a, I need a drink just to relax. He said, there was about a six-inch snow on it. He said, I eased out of the house quite as I could. And he said, I was stepping in that snow, and it was crunching under my feet trying to get to that bar and he said I I heard a little noise and he said I didn't know if the dog behind me or what and he said I jumped and I turned around he said it was my little girl since she was barefooted since she was jumping in my footprints Paul stepping in my footprints in that snow and he said I was a sinner he said I'm lost but he said the Holy Spirit asked me where are you leading her to? He said, I just stopped and froze there. And he said, my God, I'm leading my baby to a bar. He said, I come back to the house and I got her and I put her in the bed. And he said, God, if you'll forgive me and save me. And he said, I'll never turn my life over to like that to the devil to lead me to a bar. Because I understand now you had took this to show me that my baby is following my footsteps wherever I go and wherever I lead her I'm going to be responsible and he got saved and he said I never went back to another bar but he said it took that God showing me that that night he stopped me in my tracks and I realized my baby was following in my footprints wherever I was going to lead her and however I was going to raise her and he said it forever changed my mind. So what I'm saying, Travis, they're going to follow you now. They're going to jump in your footsteps. Whether you like it or you don't, they're going to follow you. So be careful before you leave. Be careful. We've only got a few more lessons and a few more verses and verses in this chapter, so we're going to try to finish it. Be an example to all believers in what you say and the way you live, in your love, your faith. And your purity. Let me, let me tell you one more about Cody. So Cody was um, at his at his church at the time. They were switching between pastors, and Cody loved the pastor that had just left. And I, and I thought, man, this is the chance. I said, I'm gonna get Cody to come here. I want Cody to come over here, and I want to listen to him, and I want him to listen to me, and I want I want Cody to come here. And I said, Cody, come on, man. I said, let just come over here. Come on, hands up. Come on, come on, come on. 
And he said, no. He said, I can't because I feel like the Lord's got me over there. And I said, all right. And I got to talking to Steve about it, and I was like, man, I just wish Cody, my brother-in-law, would come over here. I'd love that. And Steve said, he ain't jumping ship. Just because they didn't really have a pastor at the time, and just because of this and that, he wasn't going to, they weren't jumping the ship. He wasn't like a rat jumping a ship. He was going to ride it out to, it, you know, to whatever else happened. He had faith. And that just gave me a lot of confidence in Cody. And it just, it was an example. It was an example of a believer. It was an example. Until I get there, focus, man, I like this part. This is what we were talking about earlier. Focus on reading the scriptures yes. to the church. Yes. Focus on reading the scriptures to the church. Yes. If Paul was sitting here right in a second, the greatest Christian I believe has ever been, if Paul was sitting here and he, and he told you the best way to live a Christian life is to focus on reading the scriptures to the, the church. Why? Why is it so important to read the scriptures? Why? Man, if you know what's in the Bible, you won't be led astray by just anything that comes along. You won't be led that way. You won't be led that way. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. Man, that's a, that, that's a good looking girl over there. I'd sure like to talk to her or whatever the case will be. Well, if I don't know my Bible, I might go speak to her. But, the, but I know my Bible and I know how evil I, my mind is and how evil my intentions can be, I'm going to say, nope, I ain't going to do it. Ain't gonna, I'm not going to set myself up for that kind of temptation. I'm not going to do it. Nope. Because I know the scriptures. I know what the Bible says about it. I know what it says. Encourage the believers and teaching them. Do not neglect the spiritual gift you received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw, oh, I love this part, throw yourself into your task so that everyone will see your progress. Hey, what Paul is saying here is, is, Timothy, it is vital to the church that you do what I'm telling you to do. It's vital. You've got to do this. And throw you, you know what he said right there, Travis, where throw yourself, in other words, don't stumble into it. Run into it. Jump into it. Trust and, yourself. And, into not, it. and that's another thing is, is you can dabble in it with your finger a little sure, bit. Sure. Or you can just jump right in. You see jump what I'm saying? And that's what he's saying is, is be that committed. Be that sold out to the Lord that you jump all the way in. Trav, I've never been able. I'm, I'm 51 years old. Yeah. And you know... I went down on vacation, me and Tana, mom and dad down to the beach, and I, I didn't go into the ocean, but I, I wanted to go in the swimming pool. And ever since I've been a little boy, you know I cannot walk in the cold water. I just can't do it. I shiver and shake and back out every time. But the only way I can get in, I gotta dive in. Once I go in or head first, it, it got, I'm all right. But trying to wade into it, can't make myself do it at all. I'll back out every time. And that's exactly what it is with the spiritual walk with the Lord. You can't dab into it. You can't eat. You just might as well go head on into it if you want to do it. I, I want to I want to give you an example of this is is with Bobby and Jamie. When they when I saw y'all guys the very first time you hung my everything about your church and at the time y'all wanted a church. I didn't even have a building or nothing. And uh, I I don't think anybody that's a Christian in America today could have faulted you guys for just saying, I'm done, I'm, I'm, 
the, I mean, we, this is the last straw. We're done. And I honestly, just being honest, I expected you to fold. Honestly, I expected you to. I mean, it just seemed like y'all were getting hit on every single side by Christians who are supposed to be Christians. Threw up a lot of fights against you guys, and and I nobody could have blamed y'all for just folding your hand and just saying, "Well, we gave it our best shot, Lord. That was it." But you guys are a great example of exactly what he's talking about here. Throw yourself in y'all's task. Y'all have been so devoted, and y'all are such a good example to everybody else in this building. Because y'all have not just dabbled in it. Y'all have given y'all's lives to do what y'all are doing up in Grace Ministries. And, and people see that, by the way. I, I have so much respect for that. Keep a close watch on how you live. Man, I like that. On, on, keep a close watch on how who lives? You live. Don't, don't worry about so-and-so. Keep a close watch on the way you live. I love thinking of it as a magnifying glass, looking at your own self, trying to find your own mistakes. And on your teaching, stay true to what is right. Man, golly, guys. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation. Man, and also, who else? The salvation of those who hear you. Timothy was not just running a race for himself. He was running a race for the entire community, for that entire town, for that entire group of people there. It was up to Timothy to walk that line straight. It wasn't just his salvation he ought to have been worried about. It was the other people around his their salvation. Amen. They depended on Timothy to get through. And Paul knew the value of Timothy being there. But now, I want to get this. This is what we go back into the very beginning of the thing. The Holy Spirit talks about people being turned away. Think about somebody as influential in the church scene as Timothy at this point. Nobody was. And this town, Timothy was a leader in this town. Who do you think the devil would have worked hard to get to turn? There was a guy who used to go to Blessed Hope. He studied apologetics, you know, defending your faith. And he was on fire for the Lord. I mean, he was there for Bible study. I mean, he was really excited about the Lord. Now, he started studying, the, reading books about apologetics, trying to have to defend your faith against different people. And then he started reading the books that the people who didn't believe. And when it's all said and done, he, he walked away from God because he believed what them other guys wrote. And one of the deacons went to him trying to get him back in church and, and, and get him. And he said, well, the Bible was written by man. You know, and then the guy asked him, I said, well, who wrote those books? You know, but he walked away from, I mean, it just show you how crafty. Just how crafty the devil is. I mean, here's a guy, I mean, he was a, a flame mm -hmm. for God, you know, just excited and on fire. Mm -hmm. And then he started reading books and he put more faith in guys that wrote the mother book that Jesus don't exist than he did the Bible. Yeah. He walked away from God. And right to this day, he has nothing to do with God. And, there's, and there's a lot that do that, Bobby. There's a lot that does that. Pastor, how's that verse go with the engineers? Keeps on being brought up to me, but I don't know the whole verse. By engineers? They hate to themselves. Teachers having engineers. Because, again, perhaps it needs to go back that you're either going to have to please the flesh or you're going to have to please the spirit man. 
church. My dad done it for years. You just don't know, you just don't know what kind of effect that has on people. And when, when they see you get in that truck and go to church, you just don't, you really don't realize. But now that is one thing that, that people look at. They say, well, where is he going? He's going to church. He's going to church. See, that's, a, that's something that we don't even realize what we're doing. It's an example of what it is, yeah. Yeah, that's a fact. I want to I want to tell you before we close, we didn't get a chance to talk about it tonight just because we've been, this has been a kind of a study as far as how to, the church ought to work and how mature Christians ought to act and stuff like that. But I also, I can't leave tonight without mentioning that if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, come tonight and you can see and sit where you're at and you can come up front and sit play with you but accept him into your heart accept him into your life believe on him believe that he died on the cross for your sins and he rose on the third day believe in him ask him to come in and change your whole life and I'm going to tell you guys you won't ever regret it in Jesus name I love you Amen Amen, Amen.